good time. Hey, top of the morning to you. My name is Michael. I am your host. Welcome to the FBTV podcast. We get together at least once a week. We try to anyway. Talk about things concerning the transportation industry as well as things that may have nothing to do with the transportation industry. But we, we try to have a good time. What a wild week, huh? Crazy, man. I mean, <sighs> Afghanistan. I'm not even going to get into that. But come on. Anyway, topic for today. Yes, we're going to be talking about emails again. This time, though iPhone, Android, your telephone email. Emails you get on your phone. What about those? Emails you can send from your phone. We're going to talk about that today. So get ready. What else going on? Well, today is, uh, what, Friday, August 20th. Didn't want to bring it up last week. Last Friday was Friday the 13th. Anything uh, weird happen? I'm not real big into superstitions. Although I was watching a uh, fishing tournament video. <laughs> One, who was it? Kobe Myers. This from years ago. If you haven't uh, seen it, FLW did a series. It was called Circuit Breaker back, uh, I don't know, they started doing it six, seven, eight years ago. And uh, where they followed, they followed one fisherman, one angler, for the whole season and uh, came to Cody Meyer and this guy has had something like 50 tournaments he's fished in where he, he had five pound bags in each way or not five pound five fish bags in each way in if you don't know anything about fishing tournaments well I'm sorry <laughs> you're going to be totally lost here but uh, five uh, five fish bags and something like fish, 50 fishing tournaments in a, in a row weigh ins in a row and uh, he decided he was going to grow a beard for luck. He didn't quite like the beard. Just double. But he th his wife thought it was pretty hot. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, he went out and his first less than five fish bag in over 50 tournaments, The uh, it came off the next day. He had a... 20-pound bag of fish, but anyway, FLW, MLF, all that's changed up since MLF took over the, uh, took, took over uh, FLW, and I miss the FLW, I like the FLW. People can say what they want, I'm just not a big fan of the, uh, well, maybe because I don't understand it, the MLF stuff, I, I anyway, not, not here to talk about that, are we? Uh, today is uh, World Mosquito Day, and they are out and about. I, I, I was on my back patio here the other day, and one evening, man, next day I had bites all over me. Didn't know it when they were getting me, but anyway, things you might need to know. School district in Delaware, faced with a school bus driver shortage, is offering to pay parents <laughs> to drive their kids to school. All right. 
we're going to pay you to get your dad. Uh, next month is September. Duh. You going to buy the new iPhone 13? <laughs> I upgraded a year ago. I don't know which one this is. I guess 12. Beats me. I had to upgrade because my other iPhone, they started sending me messages saying, hey, on this date, we're done. We're, we're not supporting the phone you've got anymore. And when you're married, you just don't get one phone. You have to get two. If you want to keep peace in the family. So there went $2,000 down the drain. It just stupid money. I remember, maybe they still do. They used to, the, the, the uh, AT&T or whoever the wireless company was, they would give you a telephone when you chose to have service uh, with their company. Not anymore. And I get it. You know, how can they afford to? A 34-year-old Chicago pharmacist been charged with selling more than 100 authentic CDC-issue COVID-19 vaccine cards for 10 bucks each. He, he was selling them on eBay. I mean, how stupid can you get? <laughs> I, I did... I don't know. Toys R Us planning to come back. I'm glad to hear that. Toys R Us going to be opening up uh, stores again, shops in uh, Macy's stores. So that's pretty cool. I was kind of sad. I'm sure a lot of parents were. Or grandparents as far as that goes too. And kids. Children. Pretty sad when uh, Toys R Us kind of shut down. But coming back, so... Good luck to them. Today in history, on this date back in 1974, the first major league pitch faster than 100 miles per hour is thrown by 27-year-old Nolan Ryan. 1988, Jack Nicholas tournament winnings passed the $5 million level. And uh, 21 years ago today, back in 2000, Tiger Woods wins the PGA Championship, becoming the first player since Ben Hogan in 1953 to win three majors in one year. Things you may have missed in history, huh? Birthdays. I was going over this today. My uh, crack team of research people brought this to my attention. Don King. There's a name you haven't heard in a while. Don King, the boxing promoter. He's still around. He's 90 today. 90 years old today. Haven't seen a picture of Don in a long time. I bet he's still got that hair. Connie Chung, 75 today. Robert Plant. Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, 73 today. All the, uh, all my rocker guys are... <laughs> getting old, like me. Anyway, that stuff, uh, that, that's other stuff. What's going on in transportation today? Well, spot rates from last week. Vans are up 1.3%. Uh, Flatbed down slightly, 0.1%. Just unnoticeable. Reefer is up slightly, about the same, 0.3%. Spot rates today as compared to last 
last month. Vans up four cents, flatbeds down four cents, and reefers up two cents. And when I say up or down, I'm talking about per mile. So I reckon that's going to uh, start leveling off here pretty pretty quick. I expect to see the flatbeds start going back up here anytime. Wouldn't be surprised if flatbeds do a uh, turnaround here in the next uh, three or four weeks. Vans, they're holding steady. Van freight. Freight's up. Freight volume's up. And uh, I can tell because, I, well, as you may or may not know, I'm the uh, lead consultant for Tautoa, T-A-L-T-O-A.com, if you want to check it out. We consult and train freight brokers all over the country, the world, actually. <clears throat> and uh, our clients that wish to begin as a freight broker agent, they can enter our mentorship program. The mentorship program, TMP as it's called, Tautoa Mentorship Program. The way that works is uh, once a client completes training, they have the option of entering the mentorship program where they will be working as a freight broker agent. I often get asked, what's the difference between a freight broker and a freight broker agent? The freight broker agent is the company, the, the uh, company that has the license to operate as a freight broker. The agent is one contracted to the company working under that license. And if you've ever watched any of our videos or if you've ever heard me talk about it in the past, generally I'm always recommending to anyone, start out as an agent first. And the reason is, is so you can gain the experience, get your operation going, build that customer base. Because once you, once you start that freight brokerage company, it's all on you. The buck stops with you. You've got the overhead. You, you've got to pay attention to everything. You're the one billing the trucks or billing the shippers, paying the trucks. You get the idea. And, uh, you know, when you're first starting out trying to build a business, that's a lot to keep up with. So if you start out as an agent, you can focus on building your customer base, building the business, gaining the experience. And then when you build the business up, then you can take that next step. Take that next step and you can become your own freight brokerage company, which is pretty easy to do. Matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, the, the hardest part about opening a freight brokerage company is getting the property broker surety bond. And I always tell everybody, if you're thinking about getting a bond, get quotes for your bond before you ever file for that authority. Because you need to know how much the bond is going to cost. And it, it can uh, run you anywhere from uh, just under $1,000 a year to... Holy smoke, eight, nine thousand dollars a year. So you need to know if it's affordable for you. Uh, the bonding company generally they'll give you a quote, and that quote's going to be good for what sixty days, something like that, I believe. But you can find out from the bonding company. Uh, but always get that bond first. Now, uh, going back to Tautoy, yeah, we allow our clients that wish to start as an agent, we allow them to enter our mentorship program if they so choose. And what's going to happen, they're going to be working through us under a licensed broker. Now, the brokers that participate in the mentorship program, they are our clients, companies that we work with, we consult. And we're able to place those uh, clients that want to start out as an agent under the license of that company through us, so that way we can mentor them. 
we're overseeing everything they do, you know, making sure they're crossing the T's, dotting the I's, answer questions, make recommendations, whatever they assistance assistance they may need. But uh yeah, you can uh, you can check out our website, Tatoa T A L T O A dot com and uh, get a uh, well, see the different packages. We have several available to you that you can uh, choose for a matter of fact, I had an email the other day. We do have a self-study on-demand package. It takes about 10 days to complete the uh, information, pretty identical to what uh, we cover in the live training. And with the live training, too, you, uh, you, you're not only getting the uh, live training, but you get review, you get... Uh, uh, on-demand option, let's say you can't schedule a session like you'd like, uh, you can choose the on-demand, you know, kind of move through the uh, material quicker. Same information, same same stuff, just uh, in a video format. That's the review area as well. We use that for the clients. But the on-demand self-study, it is what it is, you know, and with that, you got three-month access, three-month consulting. And we have a lot of brokers that use that to help train their new people because they're there to answer any questions they may have. But this way, that, that, uh, the self-study, the on-demand, it's, it's made available to them so they can focus on running their business and not having to train new people. So that works out pretty good. But anyway, check it out, taltoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. If you have any questions, feel free to call me. Uh, my name is uh, Mike, obviously, 479-668-0838. And I'd be happy to talk to you. Now, now, keep in mind when you call, not out of the ordinary to get my voicemail. <laughs> I am, uh, you know, working with clients, doing training sessions, conference calls and such uh, throughout the day. So if you get my voicemail, leave a message. Usually I'm able to call you back within the, within the hour. If, not, if it's not after business hours, if it's after business hours, It'd probably be the next day before you hear back from me. But anyway, feel free to uh, call me. Uh, also, you can uh, email us here at FreightBrokerTV, FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com if you've got any questions pertaining to working as a freight broker or anything like that. Also, our website, FreightBrokerTV.com. On our website, uh, we have forums all over the website. Use the contact form to uh, contact us. All right, fuel prices. We'll go over that. Fuel prices. Uh, diesel's down almost a penny this week. Loopy doo. Gas uh, pretty much holding steady. Three seventeen a gallon. It's up point. It's up a little bit, but hardly not noticeable. Up point two cents a gallon. That's point two. You know, talking about fuel, <coughs> Feds are uh, suing. A fuel car company, again, <laughs> for allegedly charging uh, trucking companies, hundreds of millions, uh, truckers too, hundreds of millions in mystery fees. We talked about this back in 2019. <clears throat> the uh, same same suit, Fleet Corps, where they were uh, throwing all these weird fees, fuel man, remember that? Uh, Fleet Corps Market Fuel Card Services under the Fuel Man uh, brand name in addition to co-branding cards. According to the FTC, uh, Fleet Corps falsely told customers that they would save money and be protected from unauthorized charges while using the company's fuel cards. But in reality, 
According to Fleetcore's own records, customers generally have not achieved the advertised per gallon savings by using Fleetcore cards. <laughs> yeah, mystery fees. You know, I, whenever you use one of these cards, there all are all kinds of fees, and a lot of times, if you're a driver, you may not know this. Like uh, your company can put fees on those cards that maybe you didn't know about. You know, I read an article back, uh, I don't know, it's been a few years back, but a lot of the major trucking companies that use a lot of owner-operators, and they pass on all these owner-operator special savings, you know, fleet discounts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're getting a discount, but not the fleet discount. You're getting a discount from what you would have to buy, pay for whatever you're buying, be it tires or whatever, you know, repair parts or whatever. You're getting a discount where you're not paying full retail, but you're not getting the discount, the full discount that the uh, trucking company is getting. So if they're getting a, uh, say, a 20% discount on tires, uh, they may give you 10% of that 20 and they're keeping the other 10. So you're paying and the company, the trucking company itself is retaining 10% of the money you paid. Pretty weird, huh? But anyway, that, that that article I read said a lot of trucking companies make more money from that than they do from their actual trucking operation. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, the the uh, government FTC filed suit against Fleet Corps back in 2019, alleging that the company had charged customers hundreds of millions of dollars in hidden and undisclosed fees. But the U.S. Supreme Court threw out the lawsuit back in April of this year when they found that the FTC incorrectly filed the suit under the wrong section. Way to go. So they went back and filed the new lawsuit under a different section of the FTC Act. <laughs> what, what more can you say? You know, it's the government and, and, and they don't even know the, their own law. That, that, that's just, anyway. All right, 10-mile traffic chat, or tra no, 10-mile traffic backup expected during this weekend. Road closure. Washington State. Huh. Uh, expect uh, huge backups and delays in the Sumner over the weekend due to a construction project. The project will involve the closure of four miles of northbound State Route 167 from Sumner in Pierce County to Pacific and King County. It's going to be starting tonight, 8.30 p.m. local time. The roadway is expected to reopen again at 4 a.m. local time. When I say local, I'm talking about Washington State time, Pacific. 4 a.m. on Monday. The, it says a closure like this will trigger tremendous backups on local roads. This according to the uh, Washington State DOT. They say they're going to need your help so everyone can get through the weekend. Boy, it's going to be a bad deal. Can you believe that? 10-mile backup. Holy smoke. See, if I was driving, I'd be the one up there trying to get back home. <clears throat> Just about 
you know, headed headed out just about the time this closure starts and I get the backup. But anyway, if you're you're up in that area today, this weekend, whatever, you might want to <clears throat> sort of keep that in mind. All right, let's talk about emails for a moment. We've talked about emails before, and uh, we're going to talk about them again. First of all, an email is not a text message. It creates a perception between you and the person you're trying to do business with. You're creating that perception with that email. And you know, while we're on the subject, you know what really baffles me? Is why people think it's okay to text message a business phone. It doesn't matter if the business phone number accepts a text message or not. That is just so wrong. We get we get businesses at times that, uh, well, it's not businesses, it's individuals that work for some company that instead of picking up the phone or even emailing, they feel it's like it's okay to text message our business line. You know, we got it to where it goes off to Never Never Land. But you get in there sometimes and you look and you see all those text messages that, who are these people? Why did they think it was even acceptable to text a business phone or text any phone? But anyway, neither here nor there. But uh, today we're going to be talking about emails on your cell phone because a lot of times, you know, as a broker in today's mobile society, (laughs) yeah, you know, you're going to be sending, receiving sometimes email from uh, or on your telephone. Now your 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 phone comes with its own email address from the uh, whatever cellular service you're using, and that's well and good. <clears throat> but why why use it? You know you've got you've got an email address you use already, be it Gmail, Hotmail, your own domain, whatever. It doesn't matter. Why are you not putting your company email on your phone? Okay, you can do that. You can set it up so, you know, people send email to your regular email account, it comes straight to your phone. You can do that by forwarding. Uh, you can do that by setting up your phone to actually receive the, the same email. And you can send from that account as well. But uh, really what we're here to talk about today is, uh, or talking about on email, is you need to set up a signature on your telephone. We've talked about signatures before on your email client that you're using for business, but this is for your telephone. Because if you don't set up the signature on your telephone, whoever receives an email from you, and you can send an email to yourself, you'll see what I'm talking about. Instead of a signature, it's going to say, this email sent from an iPhone or an Android device or whatever. It's going to... It, you know, change it. You can change that. You can go in there and put a signature just like you put on your regular email. You know, it should be your full name and uh, your contact information. Again, I, I can't stress this enough. The perception you create becomes your customer's reality or whoever you're doing business with. It's going to be their reality. 
and you want them for, to perceive you as a professional from uh, day one. So not a whole lot on that topic, but thought we'd throw that in today. Uh, an advisory panel urges the uh, federal action on the driver shortage. Boy, they're gonna they're gonna bang this on the head till uh, they spend a lot of money and still have the same problem. There's been a driver shortage since the beginning of trucking. Bottom line, at least that's what they've been saying. I, I kind of tend to side with Oida on this. There's not a driver shortage. It's just drivers keep on changing. <clears throat> There's a retention problem. Hard to keep drivers. Hard to keep drivers. Bottom line. And I get it. I was a driver, and many of you going to get it too. Uh, you know, you're, you're in that truck. You're driving for three, four, five, six months, maybe a year. And I don't know, you get bored. You're ready for a change. Uh, don't ask me. I, I don't know what it is. but uh, Or maybe more money. You know, somebody you know, sprinkles some fairy dust and talks good about their company, and you move over. You know, I still get, I get stuff in the mail all the time. Hey, come drive for us. Come drive for us. And I haven't drove in years. But it's nice to be thought of. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. You know, it's it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, a lot of drivers out there that they'll run themselves well, not anymore because of ELDs, but run themselves. To, and that's another thing. You want to solve the driver problem or help get it back right? Uh, ELDs. You know, enough said. ELD. I'm not a big fan. Department of Commerce Advisory Group is urging federal officials to lead a widespread effort to address the nationwide shortage of truck drivers. Nationwide. Which, the panel said, has likely reached an all-time high. It can't get any worse. <laughs> uh, the vital common link for domestic operations and distribution among our air, sea, and land port is effective truck transportation. International Trade Administration's Advisory Committee on Supply Chain Competitiveness. Come on. That's really a thing. International Trade Administration's Advisory Committee on Supply Chain Competitiveness uh, said in a draft letter addressed to the uh, Commerce Secretary Gina Reomando. ITA is part of the uh, Commerce Department. The 45-member panel is endorsing efforts to allow individuals younger than 21 to drive trucks in interstate commerce currently prohibited by federal law. So what they're trying to do is use the driver shortage excuse to let 18-year-olds uh, drive a truck. Now, let's back up a minute. I know a lot of people are going to say, that's no, too young. Possibly. Possibly, but I got to come back and say, okay, they can go into the military at 18. Matter of fact, that, that's, you know, they can go into the military, serve their country, but they can't drive a truck. You see, when you start thinking about it that way, yeah, but you come back, okay, if you were debating me on that, and I, I, I said, okay, you know, they can join the military and get shot at when they're 18. But they can't drive a truck. Your comeback should be yes. But they go through rigorous basic training. They are trained to do things the correct way. If they don't do things the correct way, 
somebody is there to jump all over them. Not so much with a truck. You know what I mean? There is no basic training with a truck. You know, at 21, even, you know, really 21 to me is not 21. I was in my early 30s when I started driving. Uh, at 21, I was still 18. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, I was still a young buck. Uh, but it, it is what it is. But, you know, you grow up quick. Anyway, that's one of them. They're trying to get it passed so 18-year-olds can drive. And in a way, I know there's a lot of people against it, but I'm kind of neutral on it. I, I think it's, I, I kind of halfway think it'd be okay. And the reason I think that is because, okay, first of all, it, it, the kids going to college today, they, they're figuring out it's, it's almost a waste of money because it's nothing but politics anymore almost. You've got uh, these people in colleges, these teachers or professors that they're, 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 they're preaching, they're using their position as a pulpit to preach garbage. Parents are getting to the point to, you know, why send my kid, why spend all this money sending kids to college to get indoctrinated into something and, you know, spend all this money to get a degree in something that uh, they're going to have a student loan and be paying for the rest of their life. Kind of going off the deep end there, but you, you kind of get the idea. But anyway, you know, coming out of high school, they can go right into a truck. Now, do I think they should? Do I think uh, they should uh, be treated like somebody twenty-one going through uh, driving school and spend a few weeks with the trainer and then be cut loose? No, I think I think they should be on the truck for at least a year. You know, be in a team operation for maybe a year, eighteen months before they would ever be allowed to uh, go solo. Some real life experience. Now, the other thing, too, <clears throat> you know, this committee can yell all they want to, but you know who's actually going to make the decision on if an 18 year old can drive a truck? Seriously? Has nothing to do with the government at all. Insurance companies. Insurance companies are going to be the ones that make that decision. And yeah, they may go along with it, but the trucking companies are going to have to pay a really high premium to get an 18 year old behind the wheel. Because insurance company is going to use that as a, uh, ooh, cool. <laughs> we can make more money on our, you know, charging the uh, trucking company for insurance liability and such. I don't know what to say. Anyway, ATA, American Trucking Association, has estimated the industry is short at least 60,000 drivers. ATA chief economist Bob Costello a member of the ITA panel cautioned that number could grow in the coming months as more drivers retire and freight volume increases. But Bob, earlier the uh, department said 
that the driver shortage has likely reached an all-time high, but it can go higher. I don't know. It's government jibber-jabber. They're going to use whatever they want to use as a reason to be able to get what they want. So, anyway. be interesting to see, but it, when it comes down to it, insurance company is going to be the ones making the final decision. And... Uh, the premium they put on somebody 18 driving a big truck. The ultimate decision maker is going to be on the trucking company. Do they want to pay that kind of money for a driver? They start doing that, driver pay, those bonuses, those uh, sign-ons. Be interesting to see. That money's got to come from somewhere. Canada to mandate vaccines for most transportation workers, but not truckers. Canadian officials say that while most members of the transportation industry will be required to take the COVID-19 vaccine, no vaccine requirements will be placed on the trucking industry. You know, you start saying stuff like that, it's kind of, why not? Why, why not the trucking industry? Because they know they start trying to get drivers to take this vaccine you 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 think you got a driver shortage now <laughs> you know what i mean anyway neither here nor there all right pretty much wrap this up for the day kind of more 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 i don't know i don't want to say controversial but uh kind of got off got off on some uh weird topics today but anyway that's it for this week go have a good weekend i uh plan on fishing this weekend going to be doing some tournaments next year so uh kind of got a routine going to be doing uh, i got one lake i know i can go and i can catch fish on it anytime i go I, I know it i've got the pattern down i know exactly what to use and then the other lakes well, well i'm going to use that lake to practice and then I'm going to start visiting all the other lakes, you know, including the rivers, uh, Tinkiller, Beaver, Table Rock, Washita, Lake Hamilton, Dardanelle, Eufaula, in Oklahoma, not Alabama. Because that's where all the uh, major tournaments around my area are held. I'm going to be doing that throughout the uh, months between now and March. Practice. Anyway, neither here nor there. Thinking about uh, doing a podcast uh, on the uh, fishing escapades. If I do, maybe I'll tell you. Or maybe you'll find it. <laughs> right. I got to go before I, I, I really stick my foot in it. Uh, go have a good weekend, unless, of course, you've made other plans. See ya. See ya.